Praise God. What a glorious day. This is officially Pentecost Sunday, a day that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the early church after Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension. And so God remembers. Amen? Say, God remembers. It reminds me of um, went to Jerusalem one time, to Israel one time so far, and uh, in that moment, doing the tourist thing, we went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and it's probably the greatest encounter that I had was in that realm, in that place, because when I walked into that realm, the dirt, the atmosphere, the region, um, where the Lord labored for us in the garden and wrestled and destroyed the works of the enemy while he fully surrendered to the Father's will. It was in that place in the garden that he said, not my will, but your will be done. And as I walked up into that place, I heard the Lord speak, I remember. And that's all he had to say. Amen? I remember. And uh, we honor him and we bless his holy name and we remember all of his feasts and his special days and all the things that he has done for us. And he puts things in our hearts to remember, and yet we're the Lord's remembrance. <laughs> and uh, we need to always remember and never forget all that he's done every day, right? And so today is one of those days, and the Spirit is being honored today. And I would like to read a few scriptures to you. Uh, go to John chapter 1. There's a promise made. John chapter 1. Verse 29. You know there? All right. So John 1, 29. It says, The next day John, meaning John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming towards him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. And I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Amen? Go to Matthew 3. Verse 11, he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire, 
and his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So the fire of God and the baptism of the great Holy Ghost is not just for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to have the preeminence in every saint. The baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire is to bring the spirit of holiness to rest upon and in and within his saints. To destroy and consume with the fire of God the enemies of God who have kept us in sin and darkness. The spirit of holiness rested upon Jesus Christ. The spirit of holiness rested upon him. He was baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. The heavens were opened. The spirit descended upon him, it says, likened unto a dove and rested upon him, remained on him, rested there in fullness so he could fulfill the work that God gave him to do as a man and God. Amen. And so I want to just help us to understand and honor, as we spoke last week on the spirit of holiness, you go back to Romans chapter 1, Romans 1, verse 2 and 3, verse 1 says, a Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God which he promised before through his prophets and holy scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. Amen. And so we honored and understood that the spirit of holiness is the power of resurrection that literally raised Christ from the dead and raise us up out of sin, out of bondage, yes, and raised us up with him, seated us with him in heavenly places, even now, when you are born again. And we have the privilege and the honor to host Holy Spirit inside of us. So if you've been born again, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Master, Holy Ghost lives inside of you, but there's still more. There is a baptism in Holy Spirit, the spirit of holiness and fire that will work in us all the days in our life on the planet to consume everything that's not of God and to fill us with power, to fill us with holiness, to fill us with courage and strength and all the attributes of Christ. <laughs> Isn't that glorious? We're not alone. Amen? See, this, this just trumps dead religion. And dead works. So God is giving honor to the spirit of holiness. And Holy Spirit is an ever-present help. Jesus called him our helper, yes, the great comforter. Holy Spirit is an ever-present help in times of trouble. So we need him now. We don't, it's not like we're going to be without him in heaven, but we don't need help in heaven. We've arrived. Amen. We need help here. Amen. <laughs> we need help now. And he is an ever-present help. The spirit of holiness, an ever-present help. Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty, he says, if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. 
Now, the finger of God means by the power of God, divine efficiency by which something is made visible to men. The kingdom of God has been made visible to mankind through Jesus Christ, through the great Holy Ghost. (laughs) It's not that there's power in the finger. But if you go back and look at it in the Bible, it's going to talk to you about another miraculous time in Egypt when Pharaoh said, and the wise men said, the finger of God is here. And right now, he's opposing my kingdom. Because the spirit of holiness is at hand. You understand that? (laughs) The finger of God means by the power of God. Divine efficiency by which something is made visible to men. And it was made visible to John to see as he baptized the Lord Jesus in water in the Jordan, which had to be done, he was able to see the Spirit of God descend from heaven and rest upon him. Isn't that amazing? To see, made clear and evident. Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. He overcame and he displaces the spirits of error and all witchcraft found in all false doctrines and teachings. He is the spirit of truth. He overcomes. He displaces the spirits of error and witchcraft found in all false doctrines and teachings. He removes all lies. Say all lies. He uncovers all deception. All deception. Nothing's hidden from him. Yes? He is light in the midst of all darkness. Holy Spirit will grant conviction to the sinner and saint. (laughs) So once you get born again, your conviction's not over. It's just begun. Because he's doing a purifying work in the saint. The one that's just been born again, transported out of darkness and into light, and the great spirit of holiness is perfecting us, sanctifying us, preparing us for Jesus Christ. That's his work. So don't kick against the goad, right? So he grants conviction, and we need to thank God that we can feel and have conviction, that we can actually repent and change the way we're thinking. Amen? He removes all lies. He uncovers all deception. He is light in the midst of all darkness. He's always here, an ever-present help in time of trouble. Holy Spirit will grant conviction to the sinner and saint and will draw all hearts to God the Father, the Lord of all. Romans 2, 4 says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, Right? He's still doing it. He's changing us, spirit, soul, and body. He opens eyes and ears and hearts to the Father's love and kingdom. And he will rest upon those who have honored him. And we want to always honor him. And we've made him Lord. You know, it says in 2 Corinthians three seventeen, Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So it's one thing to know about the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit as Lord and God. It's another thing to make God the Father Lord of your life, Jesus Christ Lord of your life, and Holy Spirit Lord of your life. And when Holy Ghost becomes Lord of your life, everything's going to change because the finger of God has just touched you. Amen? Certain church denominations that have chosen not to honor Holy Spirit 
and his power and the fivefold anointings given by the Lord Jesus have tremendous opportunity now to turn and accept and believe. I'll say it again. Certain church denominations that have chosen not to honor Holy Spirit and his power. That means all of him. <laughs> all of him and five-fold anointings, which are apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher from Christ Jesus, now have tremendous opportunity to turn, accept, and believe. There was a time in most of our lives where we knew not. I did not know there was a Holy Spirit, right? Hollywood mocks him, right? He's not an esoteric power or energy. He's not a thought or a promotion or a sales pitch. He's not to be mocked. He is God, yes? And when he's made Lord, everything in your life changes. Changed for me. Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 6. says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He said, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. You hear the unity of the Spirit. And it's the Spirit that brings us into that unity to understand the Godhead. Amen? And to love one another. Look to know more of the Spirit. Look to know more of the Spirit. Look to know more of the Spirit. What's that look like? Lord, I want to know you. Holy Spirit, I want to know you. I yield to you. Jesus baptized me in the Holy Ghost and fire. Changed my life. I want to know you. I want to be intimate with you. I want to know you. I want to know all about you. Look to him. Look to know more of the Spirit. Because he reveals the Son, Jesus Christ, and he will always magnify the Father. It is the Spirit who reveals the Son. It is the Spirit whom Jesus said he would give when he had to go back to heaven. He says, he will come and he will remain with you and abide in you and he will never leave you, fail you, or forsake you. Yes? He reveals the Son, Jesus Christ, and he always magnifies the Father. That's how you know his presence. Amen? All cults and false religions, which have their own, quote, doctrines and personal beliefs, methods and teachings and false leaders, deny Holy Spirit and deny he's God. Ultimately, all antichrist spirits deny Jesus, the Son of God is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One sent from heaven as God in the flesh. So we have these little booklets of uh, Christianity, cults, and religions that we pass out in our school of ministry, and it's going to tell you not everyone that's out there, but a lot of well-known ones, and it's going to have a section on there describing the Father, what they believe, and what Christianity believe, believes, and Jesus Christ, and what we believe, and what they believe, and Holy Ghost, and what they believe, and what we believe, and guess what? The Holy Ghost is in none of them as God. Yes? 
There you go. You will know the difference between the spirit of error and the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth and the spirit of antichrist. Yes? Because they make war against the spirit of holiness. Now go to Mark chapter 3. You know this. Mark 3, verse 20. It should make you so thankful that no matter where we were in darkness, God found us. And he gave us repentance and he delivered us and adopted us and made us his own. Isn't that wonderful? Mark 3, let's start on verse 20. It says, now the multitude came together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, meaning he'd been casting out demons and such and doing miracles, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. Now the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub. And by the ruler of demons, he casts out demons. So he called them to himself, and he said in a parable, question, how can Satan cast out Satan? Because they've just said that the power that Jesus is moving in is through the power of Satan. These are the religious leaders, not the heathen. Right? These are the religious leaders saying this, (laughs) not the heathen. Read the words in red. Right? And so he goes on in verse 24, he goes, If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, the house cannot stand. And if Satan is risen up against himself, he is divided, he cannot stand, and but has an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds that strong man, and then he will plunder his house. Surely I say to you, this is it, All sins will be forgiven the sons of men. But whatever blasphemies they may utter, and whatever blasphemies they may utter, but he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal damnation. So because they said he had an unclean spirit, So when we talk about the spirit of holiness, Jesus takes this very seriously and we have an opportunity to see the testimony that he walked by because as he is moving in the power of the spirit of holiness, the religious leaders accused and said, you are doing this through an unclean spirit, through the power of Satan himself, through Beelzebub, and Jesus had to land the plane and say, you can say whatever you want about me. Curse me, all sin. But if you ever blaspheme Holy Spirit, you will never be forgiven. And it is only have eternal damnation for you. Read the words in red. That's the line in the sand with the spirit of holiness. That's why as the church we honor and glorify and want the Holy Spirit to rest upon us in fullness. Yes? It's not a game right? He's very serious about this. And most of us, if you had any kind of Bible upbringing, once you get saved, the first thing is you go through repentance is, oh my God, I hope I never committed the unpardonable sin. 
<laughs> Many of you have felt that. Don't worry, I say. If you're even concerned that you did, you didn't, right? <laughs> it looks like that sometimes, right? But it puts a fear of God on you. It puts the fear of the Lord on you. It does. It puts the fear of the Lord. He's called the spirit of the fear of the Lord. The spirit yearns jealously. The spirit is jealous for us. James 4, 5, 4, 5 says, or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in you yearns jealously? God is jealous. He yearns for us. He's hovering over us. He's drawing us to himself. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know Jesus. He wants us to know the father, right? It is a spirit of truth. It is a spirit of holiness that brings us to the father. The Holy Spirit will come to households and his promise is for all of God's family. So we read what actually happened. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read a little bit at the front and go back to another verse. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Say, thank you, Lord. It's just remarkable to me that God Almighty would want to choose to dwell with us and then put his spirit in us and then have his Holy Spirit rest upon us to do the works of Jesus. It is absolutely astounding. <laughs> Amen. So here he comes in Acts 2 verse 1. He says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And he filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And everybody is being wrecked, everyone's being touched, everyone's hearing the good news, but some mocked and said, man, these dudes are drunk, right? <laughs> They're crazy. And Peter gets up and he says, these guys aren't drunk. Let's look at verse 14. Acts 2, 14. But Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice in the power and the boldness of the Lord and said, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Heed my words. There's the spirit. Heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's just the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days. It shall come to pass in the last days. It shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. And there's more, amen? He said, we are never to grieve or quench Holy Spirit. Quench is to get water and pour it on the fire and put it out. Grieve him is to hurt him. Grieve Holy Spirit is to hurt him, to dishonor him. That's it. Ignore him. <laughs> right? That's it. So we're supposed to be baptized in Holy Spirit and fire. We're supposed to be being filled with Holy Spirit. Honor the Godhead. Walk in the Spirit. Be holy as he's holy. Jesus was set apart 100% to the Father and the Holy Spirit. Right? And he was sanctified in the Holy Spirit. 
set apart solely for God's purpose for him. Adhere to and cling to the spirit of truth, he said. Thy word is truth, Father, sanctify them in truth. So all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. The spirit of holiness is going to work a work in us that is actually sanctifying us, setting apart the work of God in us, Christ in us for God's good pleasure and glory. We are literally being made holy, sanctified, set apart for God. Thy word is truth. Father, sanctify them in your truth by the spirit of holiness. That's what he's doing in us, just like Jesus was. He's our forerunner, yes? He's our God and a king. He's the one that's gone before us. This is a deep work, and when you know it, you'll yield to him and let him have his way. This morning, he was uprooting discouragement and imparting and stirring up courage, yes? God hears our prayers, and he's only wanting the best for each and every one of us. Those who have family and kids, you all want, want the best for your children. Well, how much more your heavenly father? But take courage. He hears your prayer, and he shall provide, period. But wait on the Lord, because he's looking for your best. Shift the way you're thinking, amen? We're being sanctified, spirit, soul, and body. Renounce all spirits of fear. They oppose the goodness of the Holy Ghost. Yep. Submit fully to the spirit of adoption and our Father of glory, the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth, the spirit of holiness empowers the sons and daughters. So we talked about last week what work the spirit of holiness is doing, what resurrection power he's bringing in the midst of great darkness. That's how he works. Yes? Sing all about it this morning. Hallelujah. Honor him and he's going to rest on you. Amen. So now go to Colossians 2. Colossians 2. We're going to start on verse 6 again. Read a little bit more from last week. I'm going to read this out of the New English Translate, Translation, N-E-T. Colossians 2, verse 6 through 23. Okay, he said, so therefore, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Continue to live your lives in him. Just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, walk in him. Continue to live your lives in him. It wasn't just back then when you got saved <laughs> and baptized and now you just do your own thing, right? No. Being rooted and built up in him, firm in your faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. Verse 8, be careful not to allow anyone to captivate you through an empty, deceitful philosophy that is according to human traditions and the elemental spirits of this world. Be careful, he says. Don't allow anybody to captivate any part of you. Right? Human traditions and the elemental spirits of the world that are not according to Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. For in him, Christ, all of the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. For in him, Christ, all 
of the fullness of deity, of the Godhead bodily, lives in him. Amen? Verse 10, and you have been filled in him who is the head over every ruler and authority. And in him you were circumcised, not, however, with the circumcision performed by human hands, but by the removal of the fleshly body, that is, through the circumcision done by Christ. It's about the heart. Verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism, you also have been raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raises him from the dead. Woo, that's a spirit of holiness, right? Yes. Having been buried with him in baptism, you gave up your life to Christ to live with him all your days and he's got your best interest in mind. But it's about God's plan, not mine. And you've been raised with him through your faith, simple faith of just believing what we're saying, believing his word, believing on the Lord Jesus. Man, you've been raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raises him from the dead. That is the spirit of holiness. That's the glory of God that we are going to see as the church of Jesus Christ to the end in the deepest hours of darkness, resting on the house of the Lord, the glory of God. It goes beyond your individual gift. It goes beyond your individual anointings. It goes beyond your personal call. It goes to the Father's good pleasure. It goes to the glory of God, the greater glory, amen? And the church has got her eyes on Christ and yielded to the spirit of holiness so he can have his way and get us there. Amen? Woo! Verse 13, he says that even though you were dead in your sin and uncircumcision of your flesh, he nevertheless made you alive with him. He didn't make us alive to live without him. He made us alive with him. Say with him. We're not apart from him. And Jesus said, he will, Holy Ghost will never leave you, fail you, forsake you. It's a covenant. It's a covenant. Amen. What hope we have. Verse 14. He has destroyed what was against us, a certificate of indebtedness expressed in decrees opposed to us. He has taken it away by nailing it to the cross disarming the rulers and authorities, he has made a public disgrace of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This is our victory. Verse 16, he says, so therefore, after all of that, here he goes. So, back to day to day. Don't let anyone judge you with respect to food or drink or the matter of a feast or a new moon or Sabbath days. These are just the shadow of things to come. Pentecost is just a shadow of things to come. Passover is just a shadow of things to come. Tabernacles is just a shadow of things to come. There's a millennial, glorious, heavenly realm laid up for us in glory. Yes, these are but a shadow, just a taste, a glimpse of one side of the Lord's face to those who love him. Amen? Whew. Verse 18, let no one who delights in false humility and even the worship of angels pass judgment on you. That person goes on at great lengths about what he supposedly seen, 
(laughs) But he's puffed up with empty notions by his fleshly mind. He is not held fast to the head from whom the whole body, supported and knit together through all of its ligaments and sinews, grow with a growth that's from God. Verse 20, so if you've died with Christ to the elemental spirits of this world, why do you submit to them as though you lived in the world? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use, found as they are on human commands and teachings. Even though they had the appearance of wisdom and their self-imposed worship and humility achieved by an unsparing treatment of the body, a wisdom with no true value, they in reality result in fleshly indulgence. Only the spirit of holiness can set us free from the carnality of this world and the sin nature and the ruling spirits. It's the spirit of holiness that keeps us from getting in bondage off track of the course of the glory of God. And it turns back to you. Yes? Our focus is on him. Chapter 3 now, verse 1 through 17 from the NET. He continues. He says, so therefore, if you've been raised with Christ. How many times has he said that so far? He's trying to show you where we reside. Yeah? Therefore, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Keep thinking about things above, not the things on the earth, because you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you too will be revealed in glory with him. So put to death whatever is in your nature that belongs to this earth. Sexual immorality, All impurity, shameful passion, evil desire, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yes? You have also lived your lives in this way at one time. When you used to live among them. There's the truth. We talked about that last week. But now... Put off all such things. Now he's getting to the Christian, the saint, that the spirit of holiness is perfecting. Yes? Put off these flesh, right? Things like anger, rage, malice, slander, abusive language from your mouth. Don't lie to one another since you put off that old man with its practices. You've been clothed in a new man and you're being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of the one who created it. We're being renewed and made into the image of God. Hallelujah. Verse 11, so he says, Here there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, scathian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Yes? So verse 12, here's his exhortation. So therefore, he says, as the elect of God, the chosen of God, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourself with a heart of mercy. This is the fruit of the spirit of holiness, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another, forgive one another. And if someone has a complaint against anyone else, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so forgive them. And to all these virtues, I love it, Add love, which is the perfect bond. Let the peace of Christ be in control in your heart. That's the Lordship. For you were in fact called as one body to this peace. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teachings, exhorting one another with all wisdom, 
singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with all grace in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen? Those who have an ear to hear, <laughs> let's hear what the Spirit of Holiness is saying. Amen? So let's stand up and let's pray. And as always, if you need prayer, we will pray for you. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, we will pray for you. And tonight we have our regional just to sound, <laughs> 6.30, if you want to come worship prayer and go get them God night, right? So Father, we honor your word. We honor the spirit of holiness. We honor the great movement of your spirit. Thank you, Father, that you designed that none, none should perish. Thank you that you have saved us, healed us, delivered us. Thank you you're sanctifying us, transforming us, and making us like Jesus. A work we could no way ever do apart from you. Here we are, Lord. Bless us. Pour out your spirit upon us and our families. Baptize us in the Holy Ghost and fire. Fulfill your word, Lord, that we would all be filled to know the goodness of God in the land of the living. And show us your glory, God. Use us, use us to save, heal, and deliver, and to take this gospel every day into our lives and our everyday walk and wherever you send us. We love you and we bless your name today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.